it truly is life or death for so many out there. And to think that life is only an option when really nice people decide to donate is scary. Hello everybody and welcome back to Mentors. Today we have on Elizabeth Heishkins, the founder of Trades of Hope. In this episode, we'll be talking about what Trades of Hope is, real women empowerment, non-for-profits versus for-profits, and a few stories that I love that Elizabeth shared. This episode's a little eye-opening and you gain a lot of perspectives about other sides of the world um, through traveling and through stories. I really hope you guys enjoy this one. Hello everybody and welcome back to Mentors. Today I have on Elizabeth Heitchkins on. Thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is Trades of Hope, which I think is fantastic, um, especially for what it stands on. Well, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> um, so Trades of Hope is a company that sells fair trade, ethically made fashion and home accessories, and they're made by women all around the world in 16 different countries um, who otherwise wouldn't have a safe, dignified way to earn an income. So these are women who come from backgrounds of poverty, some of slavery and abuse, and um, just cultural female oppression. Um, They have to choose between keeping their babies or giving them up so that they know that an orphanage can provide for their baby better. Um, And that's all just because they don't have a job. And that's why so many women fall into Um, The sex trade is just because they were more vulnerable because they didn't have any way to earn an income. So um, we sell these products to cultivate sustainable business relationships. They can get a continued source of income. First off, I love that for two concepts. One, it's real feminism, if I want to say it like that. It's real feminism because it's women in third world countries that are actually oppressed, that really do face hardships, not, you know, first world problems. And second off, you're not giving a man a fish, you're teaching a man to fish. The women you employ and the women you help are all artisans, yes? They all Mm -hmm. create things and then you sell them, you help them get sold. Mm -hmm. Like I find that concept so amazing and that's what I really wanted to bring to this podcast or to the talk because, oh my gosh, you, you help people by giving them an opportunity, not by enabling. And I think that's incredible and that's more empowering to women than anything else. I think an opportunity is the biggest thing you can get at, give anyone. Absolutely. Yeah. We use, um, we say often that um, these women around the world, they really don't want charity. They just want an opportunity to provide for their kids. They don't want a stranger from America to provide for their own child that one time for that one meal. Um, they want the pride and knowing that they're the reasons that their kids are succeeding and thriving in life, as I'm sure, I'm not a mother yet, but as I'm sure all, all mothers and all women want that pride. No, I totally agree. And then, so I know you do a lot of traveling. Do you get to talk to the women and uh, that are artisans of yours? I do. Um, I usually go on one to two trips a year to um, visit some women that we work with. Um Last year, I went to Haiti and then to Jordan to spend some time with those women. Um, and then I'm going to Haiti again this year, um, next 
not next month, in a couple months, and then um, to Kenya and Uganda in the summer to spend some time with those women too, which no one knows except for now the listeners of this <laughs> <laughs> Well, what, what's, what's your favorite part about traveling, getting to see the world? Because I know you travel a lot to many different places. You see a lot of culture. So what is your favorite part? And also, what do you take away from all the places you go to? Yeah, um, my favorite part is just seeing the resilience that women have all over the world. Um, in every country that I've been to, there's obviously some obstacle that these women have to overcome. Um, and I'm just so thankful for my job because it puts me in a setting where I get to see women overcome those obstacles. And um, these are women who have faced things that I cannot imagine facing. And, um, but they're overcoming and they're determined and they're super brave. And um, those who feel they are succeeding, they're really, really proud. Um, Something that I love is when I ask, I usually ask some women on every trip I'm at if you could say something to the women in America who buy your products from Trades of Hope, what would you say to them? And at some point in the conversation, they always say, um, really respectfully, but still with pride in their eyes, they say, buy more of our products because that is how we are going to continue to be more successful and continue to provide for our children. And I love it because they don't say it in an embarrassed way or in a desperate way. It's like one businesswoman talking to another saying, obviously, if you buy our products, we're going to be able to do better in life. Um, And it's just calling for a business action um, and a dignified, like peer to peer interaction. Um, Not asking for any like handouts or donations, just saying, we have something that's of worth and you guys should know about it and you guys should buy it because we know you'll enjoy it too. And obviously it will, it'll help things in the future to get better. And not only that, the things you guys sell are very nice. Thank you. They're all really really cute things too. Not like, um, not like that typical, what you think it'd be. It's just, they're actually very nice. So if anyone wants to check out the, their stores, they're amazing. I love the products. Actually, I came by you guys and learned by you guys from one of your compassion entrepreneurs. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, all, so she's like, oh, this is my first thing in in business. And I'm really excited about it because she's a very dedicated young Christian soul. And she's like, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm helping women and I'm doing good in the world. So would you like to talk a little bit about compassion, compassionate entrepreneurs? Yes, absolutely. Um, so compassionate entrepreneurs are such an important part of Trades of Hope. They're why we do what, no, they're not why we do what we do, but they're why we can continue to do what we're doing. Um, so when we were, had the idea to start Trades of Hope, we were thinking about what would be like the most powerful platform to advocate for women around the world to promote the beautiful things that they're making? And um, we didn't want to have a storefront because then you're constantly at the mercy of whoever walks through your doors. Um, we didn't want to have an online e-commerce, e-commerce store because, again, you're kind of just at the mercy of whoever sees your ad or stumbles upon your site. Um, And so we decided to sell through online, but also through women 
who sign on with Trades of Hope as compassion entrepreneurs, and they talk about Trades of Hope, they talk about our artisans and tell our artisan stories and talk about our products. Um, and they do this online um, through social media and through home parties. Um, and they will partner with a woman who we, will, who we call hostess, and a hostess will invite a compassion entrepreneur and all of her friends to her home. And the compassion entrepreneur will just share stories about the hope that is being spread across the world through these products and how everyone at the party um, can be a part of it, either by shopping those products or becoming a compassion entrepreneur themselves. Um, but my favorite part about compa compassion entrepreneurs is that they earn um, a percentage of their sales for every product. And I love this because it means we're helping women in America to earn incomes. I really love it because it means that there's a partnership between our compassion entrepreneurs and our artisans and it's dignified. And, um, every compassion entrepreneur here partners with a woman across the world and says, I'm going to talk about your story and your products consistently so that you get sales consistently. And then together the two women rise into futures that they want. Um, I just think it's super cool because these compassion entrepreneurs can make literally make helping people their job. That's so, I didn't know about that part, that last part. That's incredible. I love that. I love that idea. And I love that mindset because to me, and I can see the passion in your eyes and your smile. It's all about giving and it's all about, and it's all about that relationship, that bond. And it's about spreading love. I feel like mm -hmm. I don't, cause you guys never directly talk about it, but I can definitely sense this just admitting of love, um, for everyone, which I, I so thoroughly enjoy, but also do you guys, if you guys take, do you guys take donations? Cause I feel like it's an interesting balance of you can go like, what, how can, how can I help? How can I be a part of what you do? Can I give you money to go? No, but you can help by being a passion entrepreneur. Do you ever have people that, you know, back away a little bit from that? For sure. Um, we definitely got some more questions like that closer to when we started um, because fair trade and ethical fashion just weren't as big when we started in 2010. Oh my gosh, I feel so old. Um, and um, it just wasn't as big then. And so people just didn't understand like sustainable business as much um, because it was still a relative new, relatively new concept for our area and for just the U.S. as a region. Um, but every once in a while, you still get someone who says, oh, this is so amazing. I want to be a part of it. Can I donate? And we say, no, there's nowhere for you to send your money um, because that's not what we are. I have people who... Um, who, who might not know me very well. And they, so they say, Oh, how is your, like that nonprofit thing that you do? I'm like, nonprofit, like this is a business. Like we run a business so that other women around the world can have businesses too. Um, yeah, it's so funny. People will want to donate a hundred dollars and I'm just like, why don't you just buy 10 bracelets and then you can like give those bracelets away if you really don't want them. Um, that is just, it's funny. It's really funny. But as um, ethical fashion and fair trade and sustainable business, sustainable business grows, we're seeing less and less of that. That's, I love that. I love how, I, and the thing that you won't take donations is awesome too. Cause I was really curious about how that all play out. The, the fact that you know, to monetize nonprofits, cause a lot of times people are like nonprofits giving, 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 but you are, you're at the mercy of people who want to give. But now you have a sustainable business. You're helping way more people, I think, than a nonprofit can. Because yeah. you're, you're going out and empowering and 
doing way, way more than ever you ever could. Definitely. Um, my, my family, my mom actually, when I was only five years old, started a nonprofit in Haiti. Um, it over time developed from an orphanage to a school to a medical clinic and it's still running today. Um, and I grew up watching her speak at churches and get stressed when they didn't know how they were going to provide for the orphans and the orphanages next month. And it was a lot because it truly is life or death for so many out there. And to think that life is only an option when really nice people decide to donate is scary. Um, because especially during seasons, um, that aren't like the holiday seasons when people aren't thinking so much about giving and stuff like that, which is normal, but it's just, it's just a trend that happens. Um, people are more socially aware during certain times of the year. And, um, yeah, it was super scary and really stressful. And so, and just, and it just didn't have that dignity part of the equation. Um, yeah, it's just, I just, I would never, I, I love when people want to donate and how they so selfishly, selflessly want to give um, to help other people. But I want to give more than just money. I want to give someone pride and I want to give someone a feeling of success. I think um, that that runs so much deeper sometimes. Yeah, well, because you're, you're helping women take their lives into their own hands. They're not at the mercy of donations anymore they can provide other pe- they can provide things and get something in return actually how do you guys go about finding your artisans That's a great question um so uh in the beginning one of our first groups that we started working with in haiti we actually knew from some networking from starting an orphanage in haiti um and so especially Haiti is such a small country that this network kind of grows between Americans who are on the ground and working there. And so we just kind of heard through a friend that there is a group of Haitian women who were taking cereal boxes and cutting them and rolling beads out of them and trying to sell this jewelry online. Um, And now we are that group's number one seller of product. We move their product more than anyone else. They've even gone into business partnerships with like West Elm and some New York designers and Trades of Hope still sells more products than any of those other partners have in the past from that group in Haiti. Um, And that's because we have compassionate entrepreneurs. Um, So that's kind of how it started in the beginning. Um, Now we have an artisan application on our website and it's very thorough just to make sure that Um, The group or the co-op's intention truly is to empower women out of poverty and not for an ulterior motive. Um, And that's that's how we start working with new groups from now on. People are just starting to find us online and or here through friends, kind of like how we did at first that we exist and that we offer this opportunity for women. That's wonderful. How did you guys, how did you guys um, build Trades of Hope in the first place? Um... Very organically, um, we started, so Trades of Hope was founded by myself, my mom, and our two friends, and we started, we bought some products from groups that we did research from and found, and we just started selling it through home parties, literally in my living room, and um, invited all of our friends, and did that a couple times, and um, Compassion Entrepreneurs started signing on in our hometown, and um, 
yeah, we had relatives in other areas of the country who signed on too. And even those, those spots where our relatives live and where we, our hometown, those are still kind of like hot spots where there are the most compassionate entrepreneurs. So you can kind of see points of origin. Um, and then it's kind of like a spider web. Like there's a ton of CEs in this one area and then it kind of like grows out from that one region. So that's really cool. Um, but yeah, we really just grew by testing it out. Um, yeah. And then one day we posted our website on Facebook and people started messaging us crying like, this is what I've been waiting for and praying for. And we were out in public when that happened and it was very emotional and we were crying outside of a restaurant <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> That's so, oh, that's so funny. That's so nice at the same time. The the amount of human connection you can have and, you know, my prayers are answered because this is, this is the saving grace this is what's been for me. Do, like, do you get a lot of those stories from your artisans too? I, I feel like it's a very heart touching thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are, for instance, there's, um, we work with a group of women in Cambodia and in Cambodia, it's a really common practice for women to have acid thrown on them, either by men who feels that the women were being disrespectful or by other women who feel jealous or pass judgment. Um, how, do get, how do they get their hands on acid is my question. You know what's so crazy is you're the very first person to ever ask that. I think ever. Um, I've never even thought to ask that before. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess you just know a guy, unfortunately, in Cambodia. That's ups that's so upsetting. I didn't know that was. It really is. They literally will just take a bucket of acid and like fling it on someone, and it's so heartbreaking because it is. It just it eats away at your skin and your body structure, and um, it's so so heartbreaking. And so we started working with this group, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and they create um, a couple of jewelry pieces pieces for us now. Um, they have they have for several years. We've worked with them since almost the beginning. And um, one day we got a letter from a woman named Yaa. And um, Yaa today is one of the leaders of this group. Um, and she just talked to us about her depression after her acid attack um, because it more than just physical, she had to have several reconstructive surgeries. After that, there was still this mental psychological healing that had to happen because she said it's like walking around with the worst saddest darkest moment of your life tattooed on your body for everyone to know about um and then these women are often ostracized from their villages because everyone assumes that that woman did something to deserve being acid attacked and so she was in a deep deep depression and she um was very lonely and even though now her physical life was saved she didn't know how to move forward and um so a woman, an American woman named Wendy found her and they started working together. They contacted us. We started creating a product together. And after um, some orders that we placed because customers were buying her product, um, she wrote us about how she has found new hope and new joy and new purpose. She has a reason to wake up in the morning. She's starting to find worth and pride in herself now because of her work and um, that joy and that renewal of hope has grown so much that she works very closely with just personal development with other women now who make our products from Cambodia too. And it's just her goal to make those women feel beautiful again and feel worthy again. 
Um, so that's just, that's my favorite story of what having a purposeful job can do for a woman. That's, that's incredible. The power of, that, that took me back a little bit. Oh my goodness. Sorry. No, it's, it's, it's heavy stuff. What we work with sometimes is heavy, heavy stuff, but thankfully there's always a happier ending when you give a woman an opportunity. Yeah, of course. And, and not only that, it's that psychological, what you have to go through that confidence. Cause you, I, I read a, one of the, um, one of your blog posts about confidence Mm -hmm. in any, in any state, women have a very hard time having confidence in themselves. So how do you give yourself confidence or how can you seek that? Oh, me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, you personally, or like advice for anyone, especially, um, those women in there, like how they can be find that confidence, have that self-worth and that self-purpose or how like even in first world countries, you know, when you're helping out women in America, how they can find that confidence in themselves and that self-worth and that self-purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I wrote in that blog post about one of, one of the things that I talked about in finding confidence is just working really hard. And I know that that sounds um, like kind of like harsh and not really like lovey-dovey when you think about confidence they usually say like oh just remember that you're beautiful or remember that you um, God doesn't make any flaws or look within and I just I think truly like just work really hard and be proud of yourself make something with your hands that you are proud of regardless of if anyone else is um, just and, and sometimes it doesn't even mean work hard like get better grades or um, earn more money. It could just be um, go volunteer at like a homeless shelter once a month. Like just do something, do something that you can um, see growth from or something that just either fulfills you on the inside or maybe it it does grow your bank account and that's okay too. Or maybe it does mean that you get um, college scholarships because your grades are so good. And that's good too. It doesn't have to be donating your time, but I think anything, just putting effort towards something until you're really proud of what you've done. I think, how can you not be confident after that? I think the most confident, the most, um, insecure, I don't, okay. I don't want to say that, but I think many insecure people, um, are so immobilized by their insecurity that they don't do what they want to do. I'm not even going to say what they should do. They don't do what they want to do. And that insecurity keeps them stagnant and it doesn't keep them moving in one direction or another. And I think if you can just break through that wall of insecurity and just start walking in some direction, not putting too much pressure over thinking where or what to do, just doing something. Um, then you can look back and say, wow, I'm, I'm really proud. I'm really proud of that. And, um, you know, maybe you're still insecure about the way that you look. I think everyone has um, something about them physically that they don't like. But then you start, you still start seeing your worth and you still start seeing what you can create and what's inside of you. And then the external things don't feel as important. Um, and I think I see that for the women that we work with, the Trades of Hope, like Yan Cambodia, she just had to break through a barrier and she just had to start going. And then she grew this amazing operation that we work with. Um, through Trades of Hope. And I've seen that in my own life. And I've seen it in a lot of of just peers that I have. That's wonderful. And thank you so much for being 
the first person to say that because there's such a big because that's one of the other messages I really wanted to talk about just the fact that uh, it's hard it's a it's a tricky line for me to talk about but you know there is self-love right like oh you know love yourself you're perfect just the way you are you might not be you really Mm -hmm. might not be like you might be in a bad state Mm-hmm. And, and just saying love yourself and just saying you're worth, you know, you're worth something and you're perfect just isn't what you want. Mm-hmm. You want more for your life. You want better for your life. So most people put on this facade of like, I, I, I am, I am perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm amazing. And I love myself, but deep down they don't. And you're the, you're one of the first people, especially first woman, first woman I've talked to just to say, no purpose, like having confidence comes from doing something. You're going to find fulfillment and success in your life and confidence in your life once you go out there and do something. Again, if it makes money, awesome. You are totally right. Making money, money isn't evil. I think money is definitely a tool. You use money to empower women. Women need that money so they can empower themselves and their family and their work and their lives. It's a good thing. Just sometimes it can be corrupt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's things like that. And also, I know this is a Christian-based uh, company trades of hope, which I find wonderful. And I've noticed that Christianity has been getting not bashed lately, but it's, it's taken a little bit of a bad name. So how do you guys implement, or if you guys do implement, um, Christian beliefs throughout everything, how do you guys go about that? Um, I would say that the way that we, we have Christianity into it is truly just, aligning Christian values with every decision that we, the four founders of us make, and we just kind of let the effects of that trickle down. Um, We do, I mean, even in our home offices, like we pray together as a team. Um, I know we pray for a direction, um, but we also just make decisions that we know are honoring to our artisans and honoring to everyone on our team, honoring to our compassionate entrepreneurs, and even to people that we haven't encountered yet. Um, I think Christianity sometimes can be just so focused on so many things. And I think when it comes down to it, like you just Christianity is just loving God and loving people. And I think sometimes when you get too complicated and and stray too far from that, then those are the first things to go. Um, So I think we just focus on honoring God and loving everyone that we anticipate coming into contact with, Um, no matter what they've gone through, no matter matter what they're facing. um, we, We believe if we're supposed to help women all around the world, we need to love on the people who are close to us too. And I'd say that's how we weave our Christian values into it. That's wonderful. I like, cause I, I've had a bunch of people in my life go out on the mission trips. Right. And the, my favorite people, um, not my favorite people, but my favorite stories that they have is just when they go out and do something like, um, my family, we have other family friends. They went down to Haiti. They went down to, uh, no, it was Haiti. They went down to Haiti and they just started fixing up cars for free. Just at random. Like, why are you, why are you fixing our cars? Why are you helping us? They go, well, because of God's love. And if you want to know more, we can talk about it, but you know, we don't, we don't have to. And they go, no, tell me about this. What does this mean? What is this? And it was so, you know, you, you got them curious. You got them thinking And the way you guys are doing it is it's not, and it's, it's not pushy. It's very loving. And it's, and it's, 
and it's abundant and clear. I could tell even from online that you guys had this abundance of love and giving um, and compassion towards everyone. And I don't know, I think that's what I really love most about your company and your brand. And I hope that more people will know about it and get behind it and start seeing women empowerment in a different way. I think it's wonderful. Where can everyone find you? Um, everyone can find Trades of Hope at tradesofhope.com. And everyone can find me at elizabethheishkins.com. But Heishkins is not super easy to spell because I'm from the Netherlands. <laughs> Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on. I enjoyed having you so much. Oh, thank you for inviting me. This is so fun. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you like what we're doing, please help us grow by sharing our content. And if you have any recommendation for future guests, please email me at agwetrick at gmail.com.